I've been looking forward to this morning. I've been uh, a few weeks on series Healer and looking at uh, God's healing in our life. And if you've seen the uh, poster out front, we've been focusing on various aspects of healing, the emotional healing of the heart, the mental healing of the mind, and the physical healing of the body, and how that God's Word tells us that the same God that healed in the Old Testament and the New Testament is the same God that heals today. And a man that has experienced that is one of the preachers in our church, Frank Williams, and I asked him to come and preach this morning, so will you welcome him as he brings God's Word this morning. And you can open your Bibles to James chapter 5, verse 13, or if you got the uh, church app, you can open that up and it'll pull up this morning. Good morning. <clears throat> As Brett mentioned, he's been preaching on healing, and I have firsthand knowledge of that. And uh, a lot of you have heard my story, you're going to get to hear it again today. I could have preached on a lot of different parts of healing. Because God has not just worked in my life directly, but he's worked in my family's life, my relative's life. So on any of those aspects Brett was talking about of healing, I could have preached on those. But this one was the most recent and, and, and probably the most dramatic healing that God has done in my life. And so that, that's what I'm going to speak on this morning. But we're going to be in James. And the name of my... Uh, lesson or the message is the powerful results of prayer and in James when Brett asked me to preach God took me to these scriptures directly and, and didn't go anywhere else and what was so funny was it was like a week or so after Brett asked me to preach on Wednesday night we came in and Brett, uh, Brett was preaching on prayer and these were the exact scriptures he, he preached. And that's happened to us a couple of times. Uh, and we always just kind of laugh about it, that God knows what he's doing. And so if you have your Bible or your app and you're in James, I'm reading out of the NIV this morning. And uh, we'll begin in verse 13. It says, is any one of you in trouble? Is a question that James asked. It's a very simple answer that follows. He should pray. Then he asked another question. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call for the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15. And verse 15 and 16 is going to be my concentration. I will touch on the others, but those are mine. Uh, main scriptures this morning will be those. And then verse 15 it says, And the prayer offered in offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah uh, was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave uh, rain, and the earth produced its crops. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just come to you this morning, and Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to share my word of an experience that you gave me, and Father, the healing that you put in my life, and, and 
I just want to give you the honor and the glory for all that this morning and, and just show that the power of a prayer can help heal through you uh, praying to you. And Father, I just ask that you be with us this morning and just allow everyone in this room, if they have trouble or, or they need uh, healing for whatever situation, that they don't leave this building this morning without turning it over to you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In verse 13, it says in the NIV, are you in trouble? The New King James says, are you suffering? The King James says, afflicted. So if you have trouble this morning, it's, it's simple. God's Word says pray. Well, that's nice if you're able to pray. But you may not be in a condition to pray as I was the night of September the 8th, 2012. It started early that afternoon. My wife fixed these frozen pizzas for lunch that day. And a lot of times they'll give me heartburn after I eat them. And I started kind of feeling that way. And as the day went on, it got a little more difficult to breathe. Start feeling kind of funny. And as they say, if you've been around medical terms and all, it felt like they were setting this building on my chest. That's how tough it was to breathe. And this went on the whole afternoon. Around 7.10 that evening, all I was looking forward to that day was Georgia was playing Missouri in football, and I was waiting to see the game that night. And I didn't think anything was going to stop me from seeing that, but I, there's other plans going to take place that night. But about 7.10, my wife and her sister that lives next door to us decided they'd go to McDonald's down in Carbondale to get us something to eat through the drive-thru. I live on Forest Hill Road just down on South 41 and there's a fire station just at that corner. Well, she hadn't been gone about 10, 15 minutes and I called her and I said, look, you're gonna have to come home and take me to the hospital, I can't breathe. She said, well, I can't move, I'm in the drive-through, there's cars behind me, there's cars in front of me. I'll be there as quick as I can. I hang up. I called her right back and I said, look, I can't wait. I'm calling 911. Because I knew from being a fireman in the past that they would send the fire department out there and they could check my vitals and, and, and put oxygen on me if I needed it. But I still was not, I knew the signs. I was an EMT for 13 years. I knew exactly what the signs of a heart attack were. But I was telling myself the whole time, I'm not having a heart attack. I'm having indigestion. She shouldn't have cooked them pizzas this morning, afternoon. I blamed it on her. But I was telling myself, and that's the first sign is you're in denial. I'm not having a heart attack. So I call 911, I'm on the phone with them. I could barely hold the, my cell phone. My two sons that were still at home, I like to have scared them to death. They were just like, what's going on dad, what's going on? So the fire truck gets there, it wasn't a couple of minutes, the ambulance gets there, and the guy that driving that ambulance backed that ambulance right up in, to our carport. 
And for those that's been to my house, I have the roughest driveway that you've ever tried to go on. I live on a hill, so that driveway washes out and all. Well, he backed up in K's spot where she normally parks with the ambulance. Well, they get, they get me loaded up. They put me in the ambulance. And the, the paramedic was a female. She, a nice young lady. And she puts me, they get me in there, and she starts hooking these mon the monitor up to me. And uh, I'm going to tell you a statement she made. She looked at me in the eye. And she said, I'm a Christian also. Now let me tell you, I had not made the first mention of being a Christian to this girl. That was the furthest thing from my mind at the time. I'm having a heart attack. That was what was on my mind. I was in denial. I don't, I, I'm not having this heart attack that I think I'm having. So she was confirming to me. So that's my first thing. God's in it. She said, and I believe Jesus is here. And I said, ma'am, I know he's here. I knew Jesus was there with me that night. Well, she gets me hooked up and I'm sitting there with my eyes closed with my hands over my chest. And she said, look at me. And I opened my eyes and she said, Frank, I'm telling you right now, you're having a massive heart attack and you need to stay with me. And I said, ma'am, I'll do what I can. <laughs> Take that for what it's worth. I mean, you know. So she looks at this driver, this guy, the regular EMT, and she says, I'm telling you, I need you to fly to the hospital. And I mean, as fast as you can get there. Well, this guy hops in the ambulance, and I'm sitting in that ambulance, and he takes off, and you have to go down my driveway and take a left. And as I said, my driveway's not smooth. He hit them ruts, and I thought, I'm going to die right now. <laughs> He's going to wreck this ambulance in my driveway. I'm never going to make it to the hospital. We pull out in the road, and I go unconscious. The next time I wake up, we're on 41 Highway, and I'm looking out the back windows as I open my eyes in this ambulance now. I'm having a massive heart attack, but I'm not thinking about that. I look out them back windows, and I see the family dollar store right up the highway up here. And this was the statement the girl made. She said, we're almost to the hospital. Don't worry. And I think, ma'am, I know where that's at, and we're nowhere near the hospital. And I go back out. I wake up again in the ER. There's doctors screaming and hollering instructions and the nurses are doing what they're told to do. And my cardiologist, and oh, by the way, I didn't have one before that night. Uh, Dr. Amid comes up and introduces himself, says, we're gonna evaluate you, do whatever we need to do to fix you up. He steps to the side, up steps my wife, and, she, and I'll never forget this. She's got a clipboard in her hand in an ink pen and got a look on her face, a deer in the headlights. And my daughter is saying, Mama, sign the paper, sign the paper. And that's what I remember. And I went back out. And so when I wake up the next time, I'm in ICU. All my family's around and my pastor is there. 
Isn't that a blessing to know that? So I'm going to fill in the blanks here in a minute of all the things. I'm telling you the things I saw that night, what few there were. And my daughter gets to telling me, Daddy, they had to shock you six times tonight. I stopped breathing. My heart stopped. In, in medical terms, if my heart stops, I'm clinically dead. They could have stopped and said, this guy's dead. God wasn't having no part of it. The first thing I want to tell you today is that when that young lady confirmed to me that she was a Christian, I knew Jesus was with us that night. But I also want to tell you that my daughter-in-law, Tina, posted on Facebook, they're taking my father-in-law to the hospital, possible heart attack. Would you pray? I read some of those posts. I'm telling you, prayer works. Now, there may be people on there that just said, well, I'll pray, and they didn't pray. But I'm telling you, there's people that believed in prayer and the healing part of prayer. And Scripture just told us that God will heal us. That's what he said in 15, and the prayer offered in faith. Well, what kind of faith do you have this morning? When I read that, I thought about when Jesus told his disciples, they tried to cast out a demon in a guy and they couldn't. And Jesus said, listen, ye of little faith, if you just had the faith of a mustard seed, a mustard seed, you could tell that mountain to move and it would move. And he says, nothing is impossible if you have that faith. And there's people in this room that don't have that faith. They don't even have enough faith to believe that God can heal you from any situation. If you're in trouble this morning, you don't have to be sick. If you've got situations in your life that, that keeps you from having a relationship with God, God can take that out of your life. And if you've got things going your way, you need to be praising God. Some translation says sing hymns, psalms. I got to tell you a story about that. A story I heard. This preacher had been working with this guy that was in a motorcycle gang. And he led him to the Lord. This guy had never been in church in, in his life. Rough guy, tattooed all up. You can imagine the motorcycle gang, what he would look like. So a couple months after this guy was saved, the preacher was preaching a message and, and he knew this guy's testimony would fit right in, but he was a little bit worried about what this guy would say because he was still a new Christian and he'd never been in church before he came to know Christ. So he kind of schooled him a little bit, you know, coached him on what he wanted him to say. Well, he got through telling the guy kind of what he wanted him to say. The guy looked at him, he said, well, I just want to do one thing. He said, what's that? He said, I want to read palms. Preacher drops his head. He said, man. He said, I've done all this. He's thinking to himself, I've done all this. And this guy want to read palms? He looks at him and he said, well, how many palms do you want to read? He said, just one, palms 23. 
Every time I see Psalms, I think of that. That's a true story, too. You know, wouldn't you love that, Brett? Somebody tell you you want to read Psalms. <laughs> but we need to sing praises when we've got things going. Give God the credit. That's what I'm here for this morning. I take no credit for what happened that night on September the 8th. God was in control. God led everything that happened that night. From the time he sent that young lady to my house till the time I was on the way to the hospital and the cardiologist, Dr. Love, had been working another patient and heard that I was coming in. And let me tell you, they said if he had not been there and if they had had to call him to come down, I wouldn't be standing here this morning. I want to ask y'all, anybody ever seen a miracle? Well, you're looking at one this morning. Anybody ever heard of the heart attack called a Widowmaker? That's what I have. It's less than 20% chance of survival. It was the left artery and the main artery in the left side of my heart was 100% blocked. The next morning after I had that heart attack, Dr. Amid come in to talk to us and Kay started, oh, when we get out, he can walk, he can do all that. He went, whoa. Because see, most time that heart attack, if you do survive it, you have massive damage to your heart. They did a test on me called an echocardiogram. Now I did not hear him say this personally. Now, Dr. Amon, his nurse practitioner, went out on Tuesday morning. He was at the office, and she said, I don't know if he's read it yet, but let me check with him. This was her words when she came back. She said, Dr. Amon said that had to be a miracle. I'm not talking about a Christian saying it. I'm talking about somebody else recognizing that somebody more powerful than them got involved because my heart... I had a little bit of damage, but it wasn't from the actual heart attack. God healed me. He can heal you this morning. I don't care what your situation is, what you've got going on. The earlier scriptures I've read about, if you've got sickness and you call the elders, I've done that. I've called Brett and the elders to pray for me and down here in this altar. When I had back pain so bad, I couldn't stand it. God healed me from that. Kenneth Cox said this morning, Frank could write a book. I could. And I'd be glad to, and to give God all the credit. But there's a key to this that I hadn't mentioned yet. I said you had to have faith. Well, in verse 16... It says, the power of a righteous man is powerful and effective. If you've got sin in your life, God's not going to hear your prayer. God will honor a righteous person's prayer. And I, you know, you hear that term righteous and say, well, I'm not righteous. If you're living for God and doing the things that you need to do for God, you're a righteous person. If you're living your life, but if you've got sin trying to live in, a, in the world and then something happens and you think, well, I'm going to pray for that. God don't hear those. And people wonder why God won't answer your prayers. 
But if you're living for God and you've got that faith, how many times you come to this altar and you pray, God, I need your help in this situation. But yet when you get back up, you take it back with you. You have to surrender all. In Sunday school this morning, we was talking about in life and word that, that uh, it was about a centurion that had went to Christ to ask for healing for his servant that was dying. This man had authority. But he surrendered all that authority to God. And I'm not talking about a Christian. I'm, I'm talking about a heathen Gentile in those times. But he realized God had all the power. And Jesus could do that healing without even going there. He told him, he said, you don't even have to go. Just say the word. And so many times we try to do everything ourselves instead of asking God right off the bat. And we have to go through those trials and those tribulations because we're too stubborn or too self-absorbed to, to turn that over to God. I've been there, I know. But God took me out of that situation that night. God was in control from beginning to end. And I knew it. And I have done nothing but give God the honor and the glory for that. And it's not because it was Frank Williams. For those that prayed for me, their prayers was answered. God did for you. He showed you if you pray earnestly that He'll answer that prayer. And I knew Jesus was with me that night. You know, I have people ask me, did you see the light? Did you see the bright light? I said, no, I seen the family dollar store sign. <laughs> and seeing lights. There was one time in the ICU during the night after everybody left that I did see an image up above me in the left corner of my room. That's all I can tell you. You take it or leave it. But God looked after me that night. And He's looked after me ever since. If you need healing, you need God. You need to have Jesus in your life and allow Jesus to lead your life. It's not complicated. It's a simple verse. If you have trouble, pray. But you have to have yourself in line to pray. You can't be living out in the world and then when things go bad, say, well, I'm going to pray about it. I mean, you can, you, but you have to surrender yourself totally and you can't go right back out in the world and start doing it again. But God will answer that prayer. God will heal whatever situation. I'm just amazed that God picked me to heal. I didn't deserve it. But you know, dying... To me, it wasn't all that big a deal. Because I knew where I was going to go. I would have missed my family. 
Hopefully they didn't miss me. I got to tell you, the first thing my wife told me when, when I, after everybody kind of walked out of the room that night in that ICU, I don't know if she remembers this, but she said, don't you ever do this again. You like to scared me to death. I said, okay. <laughs> and we were back up there again last Saturday night. So, hey, I failed in that. So, you know. But I have to see the humor in it sometimes. God has a sense of humor. I love it. I mean, it, it's amazing what He's done for me and what He can do for you. And I'm sure people have got stories themselves. And you're thinking about those right now, about what God has done for you. If you've never experienced that, it's just it's a, it's a, nearly something I can't describe. The events that night could have not been planned by somebody else. God had to be there to do that. And it started, and I realized that as soon as that girl told me that night that I'm a Christian too, I thought, man, I know God's here with me. Because I had not mentioned a word of being a Christian. But you know, God says if two or more are gathered together and proclaim my name, we said Jesus is here. And he was. You ain't got to have a big crowd for, for him to show up. As they say, he showed up and showed out that night. I mean, they, it was amazing to me. But through it all, I really didn't have a fear of dying because I knew where I was going to be. Do you have that confidence of where you're going to be today? If God took your life right now, if you died right where you're at, do you know where you're going to end up? If you can't say yes without hesitation, then you need to be uh, taking care of that before you leave today. You know, it talks about Elijah in, the, uh, in verse 18. I like Elijah. If you've never read that story, you need to read it. I love how he taunts them folks. Oh, come on. Tell them to pray a little harder, you know. You know, maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he went somewhere. You know, he, they're gods. But he prayed earnestly to his God. And his God answered that prayer. And he showed up and showed out that day too. And God will do things that you don't think He'll ever do in your life if you just give Him the opportunity. So the powerful results of prayer can result in healing in your life that, is, that you would never expect. It says for us to pray for each other. You have to surrender to that too because we don't want people knowing our business. Ah, I don't want to bother that person about praying for me. Well, you know, God says, we're in this together. Let's pray. You've got a direct line to God. Why not use it? You don't have to go to the preacher to, to talk to God you, like they did in the Old Testament. I mean, you know, we've got it. 
We have that. Because of Jesus Christ, we have that direct line. And we have Jesus there pleading our case. Isn't that amazing? It is to me. I don't know about you. It is to me. But if you need healing this morning, this is the place to get it. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I just thank you for what's happened in my life, Father. I just want to praise you for the, the things that you've done and the things that I know you're going to do. You have brought my life 180 degrees. And the results from prayer that other people have, have prayed for me in situations when I wasn't able to pray. And Father, I just thank you for honoring their prayers. And if there's anyone here this morning, Father, that just is lacking in, 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 in whatever situation, they may not have a, a, a major illness or something of that nature, but they've got things going on in their life that keeps them to having that full relationship with you. I ask that you touch their heart this morning, that they will come and pray about it and turn it over to you. And I just ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.